You see, because this unique situation we are currently all in, it's nothing more than an opportunity that will either uh, launch us into fear or it will launch us into faith. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Good morning, everyone. We're so glad you guys decided to join us today. Uh, Listen, as I've been praying over the past few days, you know, concerning the unique and in many ways difficult situation that we all find ourselves currently in, uh, there's been one particular passage that just keeps coming up into my mind, and that's uh, James chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Now, uh, before we read this together, just for context's sake, I, I quickly want to point out a few things. Uh, you know, according to biblical history, James, the, the author of the book, uh, he was not only the you know, younger half-brother of Jesus, but he was also the uh, you know, head leader of the early church. So as you can expect, it was from that position of influence and from that position of authority. Uh, you know, he decided to write this letter to all of the believers that had been scattered around the known world at that time. You know, one other thing that while we know that the main purpose of his writing was to uh, teach God's people how to live righteous lives, uh, there's no doubt that in this book he was also uh, trying his best to encourage those who were facing difficult situations to keep the faith. Now, I I don't know about you, but I think uh, we could personally use some of that encouragement in our nation at this moment. So, with that in mind, let's, let's take a quick look at what James wrote in James chapter 1, starting at verse 1. It says, This letter is from James, a slave or servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'm writing to the twelve tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Now, I realize at this moment that we may not be scattered abroad in the same way or for the same reasons that they were, uh, but we are certainly scattered in the sense that that you know none of us are really uh, gathering this morning in the way that we are accustomed to. So I just believe when I when I read this passage of scripture that uh, the type of scattering that James is referring to is absolutely relatable to where we're at today. So let's go ahead and pick up in verse two. It says, "Dear brothers and sisters." When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I want to I pause there for a minute. Listen, I don't know about uh, you or what comes to your mind when you, when you hear that last verse, you know, when troubles of any kind come your way, uh, consider it an opportunity for great joy. If you're anything like me, you absolutely do not like hearing that verse at all, like, like if there's any verse in the Bible, that's not really the one I want to hear. Uh, you know, I'll confess to you today that of all of my years of walking with Jesus, I can honestly say that a, a lot of words and a lot of feelings come to my mind and my heart, you know, when I faced uh, troubles. Uh, but joy has rarely been my immediate response to difficult spots in life. So once again, this is not an easy verse for me to hear. But listen, before we make the mistake of, you know, blowing off what James is trying to tell us here, let's take a moment and remember who he is again. 
Uh, remember that before he was this, you know, great leader of the early church, he was first the younger half-brother of Jesus. Now that may not seem like much, but, but that's actually a pretty incredible thing because it tells us this, that, that he had a rare front row seat to the life of Jesus. It means that he had this unique privilege to watch how Jesus handled not just the good times of life, but how he handled, you know, times of adversity, how he handled trials, persecution, testings, how he handled troubles, right? So because of that fact, let, let's just assume for a moment that James learned a thing or two from his bigger brother. And let's just assume maybe just for a moment that he's now trying to share a few of those tough life lessons with us through this letter. So on that note, I personally believe it's possible that James also had a front row seat to his to his bigger brother's crucifixion. Uh, you know, and if that's the case, think about what Hebrews 12, 2 uh, tells us for a moment. It says this, it says, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. If I can say it another way, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured trouble. So I just believe it, it's a real possibility that while James was writing, you know, this letter, he was drawing from that experience that, that he was simply just trying to pass on what he witnessed. He was simply trying to pass on what he had learned from the life, not only the life of his big brother, but of the life of his Lord and the life of his Savior. So James is really telling us this. So I could just kind of put a point here that, that if you and I are going to follow Jesus, if we're going to be like Jesus, then we need to realize this is what he did, that he considered his trouble as an opportunity for great joy. Therefore, so should we, even if it's not our natural response. All right, so let's pick back up the letter here and let's go to verse three. It says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete. That those words perfect and complete there simply means this, you'll be mature. And it says that you'll be needing of nothing. So what's the life lesson that James is trying to get across to you and I here in, in verses 3 and 4? I believe he was trying to get us to see this. That in spite of all the troubles that we may be going through, that there's something bigger happening behind the scenes. That, that there's something bigger happening than our inconvenience at this moment. There's something bigger happening than our lack of comfort or our pain or our concerns. That, that there's something bigger happening than the latest news report. And that bigger thing that I believe he was wanting us to see is God himself. That, that, that he's trying to get us to see that in spite of everything that we are seeing and everything we are hearing and everything we are feeling right now, guess what? God is still on the throne and he is still fulfilling his purpose in our lives. Now, to be clear, because I don't want anybody to misunderstand me, I, I'm not I'm not sitting here telling us that we need to be ignorant or we need to, you know, turn a blind eye to everything that's happening around us, uh, nor am I saying this, that, that God is somehow causing all these people to get sick and to die, uh, because I don't believe that for a second. But but what I am trying to say is this is that if we truly believe this passage of Scripture, that we need to remember in spite of what we, you know, may face in this life, God is still an intentional God. And in His intentionality, He reserves the right as the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith to use the things of this world to shape, to build, to strengthen, and yes, even to test our faith. Now, 
You know, I just think it's simply this, that, that because of his intentionality, we need to be encouraged by the fact that he never wastes a single moment of our lives, even the moments that you and I view as trouble. So if all of this is true, and I personally believe it is, uh, then what should you and I be doing right now? What, what should we be doing when, when it seems like uh, the world's going haywire, the world's going crazy? You know, us that say we believe in Jesus, you know, what should we be doing? Let's look back at James chapter 1, verse 5. It simply says this, if you need wisdom, actually what that means, to so go ahead and hop in here before we read the rest of it. It actually means that uh, if you come close, here's what will happen. So it's just not some thing that we throw up in the air and say, hey, God, I need this. But it actually means if we're willing to come close to him and, you know, for lack of better words, lay our, you know, head on his heart and hear his heartbeat. But, but it goes on and says this. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will, that's a guarantee guys, that he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So if I, if I can, let me just maybe uh, put that in a little bit different words. Uh, here's what we should be doing right now, that we should be asking God for his keyword. We should be asking God for his perspective concerning our situation. And then we should believe by faith that he's actually going to talk to us and tell us what the perspective is. Gang, if I could encourage you to grab a hold of anything right now, it would be uh, for you to get a hold of God's perspective on the situation you are personally going through at this moment. So let's back up a moment and let's look one more time at what James said in verse two. He said, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, here's the key to all of this. He said, consider it an opportunity. Here's why it's so important that we have the proper perspective right now. You see, because this unique situation we are currently all in, it's nothing more than an opportunity that will either uh, launch us into fear or it will launch us into faith. You know, and if we realize it or not, by whichever perspective we choose to have in this moment, it'll ultimately determine the quality of our lives in this season. Now, if we choose to heed the perspective of this world, then we will eat of its fruit, uh, which is fear, despair, worry, anxiety, confusion, and hopelessness. But if we choose to heed the perspective of God's word, then that means we'll eat the fruit of it too. And what's the fruit of God's word? It's faith, it's love, it's joy, it's peace, and it's hope. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty easy decision to me. Do, do I want to eat that sandwich or do I want to eat this sandwich? It's an easy decision. So I want to ask you this morning to, to just be real honest with yourself. Uh, you know, if you can, just for a minute, just, you know, once again, with everything that's, you know, swirling around us, you, you know, to ask, what, what has this opportunity launched us into? You, you know, has it, has it launched you into fear or has it launched you into faith? You, you know, if you're not sure, please consider this. If your mind has been consumed with thoughts like this, what if we are facing the next great depression? What, what if the government is deceiving us and lying to us? Or, or how many people have been thinking, you know, what, what if we lose our businesses? What if we lose our jobs? What if we uh, lose our homes? What if we run out of money? What if we run out of food? What if I can't feed my kids, right? And, and then obviously the big, you know, what ifs that are happening right now is what if I get sick? What, what if, what if I or, or someone I love, what if they die? And then the, you know, the overarching one, what if this never stops? What if it doesn't end? Listen, I'm not saying that, you know, the, these questions in and of themselves are wrong. I'm not saying, you know, you're, you're evil or something's broken in you if you've had any of those thoughts. But, 
But I do know this, that if those are the type of thoughts that have consumed your mind lately, then there's no doubt this opportunity has launched you into fear. Now, don't misunderstand me. I, I, I'm not saying that we don't use wisdom concerning all of these things. But what I am saying is, is that we need to make sure that fear isn't our motivation, that that fear isn't, you know, the main uh, approach that we're taking in life at this moment. So if I can just give maybe an extra thought here. Have you ever noticed how fear is always fueled by the unknown? That, that listen, because we don't know what's going to happen in our lives, we, we all of a sudden, you know, we, we get afraid. Uh, you, you know, to me, if, if you could just stop and realize that that's the biggest difference between uh, fear and faith, unknown and known, because, because us that are believers, guess what? Uh, our faith is rooted in what and in who we know. Isn't that true? You know, for example, if our minds have been consumed with thoughts of what we know concerning God's faithfulness, God's promises, God's provision, God's protection, God's love for us, God's goodness towards us. Listen, if those are the type of thoughts that have been consuming your mind and your heart lately, then, then I think it's probably safe to say that, that you are choosing to allow this opportunity to launch you into deeper measures or deeper levels of your faith. You see, it's from the perspective of faith that allows the joy of the Lord to fill our hearts once again, even in times of trouble. Before we close, I want to just simply read something that someone sent me the other day, and there's probably a good chance that you've seen it too. Uh, if I can maybe take a second and set it up, it's almost like uh, what, what was written is coming from the perspective of Here's what's happening from Satan's view versus here's what's happening from God's view. You know, the, the perspective of, you know, maybe the way the world sees things versus how us as believers, how we should see things. So it begins by uh, quoting Satan as saying this, that I, I will cause anxiety, fear and panic. I will shut down businesses, schools, places of worship and sports events. I will cause economic turmoil. And then it ends by quoting Jesus' perspective of what's really taking place, of how us as believers should be viewing this moment. It simply says this, it says, I will bring together neighbors, restore the family unit. I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me and not their money and material resources. Listen, I don't know about you, but when I hear that, I can't help but to think that just maybe, uh, you, you know, this opportunity we're in goes way beyond just the subjects of fear versus faith. Now, obviously, that's important, and I don't want to belittle that, but, but if we can maybe just pull back and, you know, from, from everything and just for a moment go, man, it, maybe, maybe just for a minute that God wants to speak to us personally. That, that just maybe He is wanting us to return to Him with a uh, fresh commitment and a fresh focus. You, you know, so often uh, in life we're so distracted. It's like we, we give God really the scraps of our time. We don't give Him our whole heart. We don't, we don't really give Him all of our attention and all our focus. But, but what if God is, is potentially trying to use this moment kind of like this? You know, I got four kids. 
and you know, I've had at some stage in everyone in their lives where they would come to me and they would, you know, put their hands on both sides of my face and they get really close because what they're saying is this, Dad, I want your undivided attention this moment. So, so, so what if the father is simply just putting his hands on the side of your face and he's touching you nose to nose and looking at you eye to eye because he's trying to get your attention in this season of life. And so maybe to think about this, is he wanting us to regain our balance so that order can come into our lives? Listen, if, if you're a part of our local church, you know at the beginning of the year that, that we said, look, there's no doubt God is speaking to us and he's saying that he wants us to cultivate order in our lives. And we talked about basically every year of our lives that, you know, I don't know of another time. I, you know, I'm 41 years old and I've never experienced anything like this. And I'm sure you've probably never experienced anything like this before. But, but man, has there ever been a time that, that literally everything just kind of stops and allows us the opportunity to begin to evaluate our heart, evaluate our attention, evaluate, you know, our motives and all those things. So, so maybe even this, what if God is wanting to uh, restore something in your family? You know, all week I keep thinking about the verse there in Malachi, the last verse of the of the Old Testament, where it simply says this, that it talks about the hearts of the children returning to the hearts of the Father, that the hearts of the fathers returning to the hearts of the children. So, so listen, while we're at home, whatever that is, if we're quarantined or if we're going out and about in a very limited way, but, but maybe to stop in a minute and go, is there something that God's trying to do in my family? Is He trying to connect a husband and a wife in a deeper way? Is He trying to connect, uh, you know, a, a parent to their child or their children in a deeper way? Is there something that God's wanting to do on the family altar? I'll just leave it at that. Uh, you, you know, what about this? Is there something that He is wanting us to maybe rest from all the busyness of life? Like I said a while ago, so often we're so busy and, and we get distracted. Uh, but, but what happens if He's saying, look, this is a great time for you to come. Come be with me. Come and rest because I need you to hear some things. Or maybe He's saying, look, I need to put a fresh anointing on your life. Or, or maybe it's this. Maybe this is a great time that you can open up your heart and go, you know, God, search me and know me. Is there anything that you want me to repent of so that times of refreshing can come in our lives? You, you know, so often, uh, you, you know, I've been walking with Jesus for a while now. And, and if I get honest, there are times when I'm getting stale in my walk with God. It's typically because there, there, there hasn't been a time where I've just pulled away and said, God, can you search me? Can you clean me out? Can you make me new? And I'm telling you, this is a great time to do that. If we can, uh, you know, encouragement, turn off uh, YouTube, turn off, uh, you, you know, uh, Netflix, whatever it is, all the things that we're trying to, con you know, fill the void at the moment and go, okay, let me, let me go to the secret place and let me go meet with God. The last question I would ask is this, is it, is it possible that God is maybe saying, hey, come here, let, let's begin to look at your, your future. I, I want to begin to reshape your vision and your strategy for life. This is a, a great opportunity. All I'm saying really just to hear from God. So, so whatever the case may be, and, and I may not even land it on what really needs to happen in your life. Uh, I'm not the Holy Spirit. Uh, you, you have a, a Holy Spirit that knows how to speak to you. But, but I would just encourage you to make room for Him today. Make room for Him over the next few weeks and, and maybe just do this. Once again, take the opportunity, shut out all the distractions, shut yourself in with God and, and really begin to try your best to listen to Him and then have the courage to simply obey what He says. So listen, before we close today, I simply just want to pray for you. And the, and the specific verse I want to pray for you today is out of James chapter four, where it says that if we draw near to God, He would draw near to us. Let's, uh, let's have faith and let's believe that today in Jesus' name. 
Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for our time that we've had together. And, and Lord, we just grab a hold of that scripture out of James today by faith. It says, if we draw near to you, God, you draw near to us. And so, Lord, we make the decision today, uh, God, if we're sitting on our couch, if we're uh, riding down the road, whatever we're doing, Lord, we just open up our hearts today and we say, God, would you please speak to us today? God, would you give us your perspective? Would you give us your heart? Would you begin to allow us to see through the eyes of faith in the situation we're walking in? Father, we pray, God, that whatever you show us, God, we'd simply hear it and we would obey it. And uh, Lord, that we know that in the long run, just as we read in the first five uh, verses there of James, God, that we will come out uh, with greater endurance and greater maturity. Father, we thank you for that. And we thank you for this today in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.